Our reading this morning is from Galatians chapter 3. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Having started with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Well, then does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so you see, those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The word of our Lord. The congregation may be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Ever since I made the decision to become a pastor, which was somewhere in my, mid my early 20s that I actually thought this is what I was going to do for sure, I've wrestled with the tension that I've had between my own experience within the church and the, and the perception of what it means to be a Christian by the public, in particular by my peers. This wasn't something I would often reveal right off the bat if I met someone new, that I was going to go be a Lutheran pastor. And it not, it's not that I was ashamed by it, but as soon as I said something along these lines, I was immediately stereotyped. And in some ways, it was better for me if they got to know me first, and then I said, and by the way, I'm studying to be a Lutheran pastor, and then suddenly we could have really interesting conversations. Sometimes the way that being a Christian is perceived or lived out is different than what I actually feel in this place or with the churches of my youth. The love and the joy and the acceptance and the welcome. And there seems to be a different perception that Christians are judgmental and hypocritical and live different than other people. This past week, I was watching the news on Wednesday morning, and a story came on about a Christian school. Maybe some of you saw it. 
about a girl graduating from a, local, from a Christian uh, high school who is not allowed to walk across the stage at her graduation. I brought this up at Bible study, and um, the people gave me kind of knowing looks as we talked about that. I immediately perked up, why was this girl not being allowed to walk across the stage? It's because she's pregnant. And so while she has decided to keep this child, the school has said, you aren't living the moral life that we want for you. And so you can come to classes and we'll accept you and we'll give you a diploma, but you need to pull back from your position in leadership and you don't get to walk across the stage at graduation. And part of me just kind of sighed and thought, oh, why do we do this in the name of Christ? Why do we so often exclude people or say, nope, that's not right? And suddenly, the Christian church appears to be people who say, if you don't live the way I want you to live, you're not accepted here. In Paul's letter to Galatians, the Galatians, he is fighting for the freedom we have as Christians. He's mad at them. It was fun to hear you read this uh, text, Barb. Where are you? You foolish Galatians. Like, he's angry with the people. Who bewitched you? I just imagined me standing up. You foolish shepherd of the hills folk, right? Who bewitched you? Paul is upset with the people because he feels that they are starting to live according to the law and the rules instead of living in the joy and the love and acceptance of what it means to be a person of faith, a person who's been claimed by God. And so he's fighting for them to not fall into the traps that religions often fall into where we start drawing lines and borders and saying, this is what it means. The Galatians are asking themselves this really important question as they begin their faith. Now that I know about God and God's love, and now that I know about Christ, what does it mean to be a Christian? It's actually a question that I think we should ask ourselves regularly. Okay, I come to church regularly. I have been baptized, as Pastor Scott pointed out last week. What does it actually mean to be a Christian? So you have for yourself a little green sheet and hopefully a pen because we pr printed those out for all of you. I want you to take those out right now because we're going to actually, I'm giving you some time to think about that and actually write it down. And I think we need to think about it on three levels. What does it not only, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for my neighbor and the community at large? And how does this make me different? So only question one. I'm going to give you an actual 30 seconds to answer this question. And I know some of you already wrote it down and need far less time. And some of you might need like a half an hour. So we don't have that. What does it mean my being a Christian mean for me? How does my Christianity affect my life? All right, 30 seconds, go. And if you don't want to write, you can just think about it.
All right, that's 30 seconds. I know. My friend Molly, you can thank for the 30 seconds. I was going to give you 10. She said you have to give them 30. So <laughs> there you have it. So I had much longer than 30 seconds to think about this, and I'll give you my response, and I hope we can engage in conversation after worship. I wrote down, to be a Christian means to follow Christ. And what does that mean? To love God and love my neighbor. Our mission statement at Shepherd of the Hills. But then I had to step back a little bit because I realized I answered the question about what I will do. And being a Christian doesn't start with me. It begins with God. And we saw it once again this morning in these waters right here where James was held by Jake over the font. James didn't do anything to receive that. He just accepted it, right? He didn't earn it, but God's love was poured out for him in the waters of baptism. He is loved by God, and he was marked by it this morning. And even before James was baptized, he was loved by God, just like each and every single one of us. And so to be a Christian, I believe, means knowing that God loves me, how do I live into that love? By loving God and by loving my neighbor. All right, second question. What, what is my second question? What does being a Christian mean for my neighbor? Now, how does, being my, how does my own Christian identity affect my neighbor? You're not thinking about if your neighbor is a Christian and how they understand it. You're thinking about how Christianity or your own faith impacts someone other than you. Right? Neighbor doesn't have to be the person next door, but bigger than that. All right, you get 30 seconds. Go. All right, your time is up. That's 30 seconds. Okay, I think this is the harder question. I don't know that our neighbors might know that we're Christians, right? Unless we maybe have a bumper sticker. Or maybe our neighbors experience our own faith by welcome and love and hospitality that we might share. Maybe it's through our language. Like if someone is telling us something that's going um, wrong in their lives, we might say something like, I'll pray for you. And we have those marks of our faith. We pray or we read the Bible and they might experience our faith in that way. They might not ever know. I started to think about this from another perception though. Wondering how my neighbor would answer this question. Someone who is outside of the faith. So I did my own little experiment on Thursday afternoon. I texted a good friend of mine who is a nun, as in N-O-N-E, no religion whatsoever, nun. She does not go to any sort of church. She's not Muslim or Jewish or Christian or Buddhist or Hindu, and fill it all in. I texted her this question. When someone tells you they're a Christian, what do you think? 
Now, I expected a text back with just some words. Instead, I got a a phone call and a 45-minute conversation. I will spare you the length of that, but I'd love to summarize a little bit what she said. She said, um, this is my good friend from college, Maureen. She said, if someone tells me that they're a Christian, I'm pretty sure I won't be friends with them. If someone tells me and they lead with that identity marker, that means they're going to be really religious and I probably can't be myself with that person. And I said, well, what do you mean by really religious? She said, they'll be judgmental and preachy. And I'll experience that not only in our one-on-one conversations, but in the digital world as well by what they post on social media. And it will be an agenda that is different from my own, and I will feel as if my voice is silenced. It was at this point in time that I wanted to point out to her that I am a Christian (laughs) and one of her friends. And I said, is that how you experience me? And then she said this, yeah, but you're a Lutheran. (laughs) And I said, You do know that Lutherans are Christians, right? Yeah. But if you lead with that, it feels different to me. And now I was interested. I started to point out, in fact, that many of our close circle of friends are Christians. And she kept saying, well, that person's Lutheran. Well, that person's Catholic. Well, that person's Episcopalian. And I was like, so the denomination makes it better? The word Christian itself was offensive to her. Not Lutheran, not Episcopalian. I was like, but they're one in this, we're following Jesus. No, not the same. She actually used the word, when I hear the word Christian, I get afraid. Afraid. And I said, are you afraid when you hear Lutheran? Nope. What? (laughs) So then I asked her this. Well, what should a Christian look like? And she said, a Christian should be someone who's a good person. Well, what's a good person, right? What's a good person, I said. Is that someone who doesn't drink or do drugs? It doesn't have premarital sex? What is it? None of those things. She was definite about that. She said, a good person is someone who will help others no matter who they are, if you know them or not. A good person is someone who is kind and is working on behalf of the other. And I thought, this girl understands who we are supposed to be as Christians without really spending any time in the Christian church. And I said, well, that's exactly what Jesus did. That's what Jesus taught us to do. That's what it's supposed to be, to be a Christian, to love God by loving others and helping them. And then she said, But that's not what I see Christians doing. None of this is surprising to me, but it's heartbreaking. It's not surprising, but it is frustrating. And I can almost feel Paul getting ready to write, You foolish Christians, who bewitched you? What have we done in the name of Christ? that using that identity label has caused people to be fearful of what that means. 
I think it is important for us to talk about our Christian identity and point out to people who maybe think being Lutheran's okay that we are indeed all Christians, and Christians are people who are called to love and accept and welcome others. And while you might see on CBS this morning a Christian church excluding a girl for immoral behavior, that's not who we're supposed to be. So my final question, and I'm not giving you 30 seconds, I'm going to let you talk about this over brunch, is what makes you different as a Christian? What sets you apart? I would argue that on the one hand, nothing. Every single person in this world is loved by God. Christian or Jewish or Muslim or non, none, we're all loved by God. As a Christian, the difference is, is that I know it. I know of God's freeing love that's been given to me in Jesus, and I get to live in that freedom. And at least for me, what that means is I get to be a part of this big community of faith and learn this difficult journey of following Jesus with all of you. And in the midst of that, there's joy, there's comfort when I'm grieving, there's sometimes laughter and tears that we get to experience together. And I will just point out that was the one thing my friend said that she's jealous of. I'm jealous of people who have a church because you have a community that I don't have. She recognizes that. It's kind of cool. But beyond that, I get to know day after day that I can start over and be forgiven by God, and I get to go and try to welcome and love others again and again. So I want to close with a quote by Father Greg Boyle, who is a Jesuit priest out in um, Los Angeles, and he says this, and I think this is the essence of everything. He often says, God is too busy judging us. Or, God, I got it wrong, don't. God is too busy loving us to be busy judging us. So let me say it again correctly. God is too busy loving us to be busy judging us. And when I think about what we need to be doing as Christians, it's exactly that. We need to be too busy loving other people to be busy judging them. And knowing that when we love others in the name of Christ, just as we have been loved, that our world is changed. We are changed, and we honor the name of Christ. Amen.